Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. we got a special episode. It's game week. We're going to preview USC's home opener, season opener, against the Fresno State Bulldogs, who, you know, you might know, went 12-2 and last year, won the Mountain West, beat UCLA, beat Arizona State, two Pac-12 teams. The Mountain West has actually won five straight games against the Pac-12, and both of those teams that Fresno State beat last year Happened to beat USC, so this is definitely going to be an interesting opener, and we needed someone to come on and talk about this. So we have a really unique guest, unique because we go way back, uh, Jackson Moore, who's the publisher for not only the Fresno State Bulldogs site on 24-7, he does other sites well, like Hawaii, uh, we'll let him talk about all that, but you can follow him on Twitter, at uh, Jackson Moore, M-O-O-R-E, 247, does a great job at the Bark Board which I used to publish. We'll talk about that too. Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, so you do the Barkboard, which we kind of worked on together for a while. Uh, Bear Territory, so the Cal site. San Jose State, inside the Spartans. And also, Hawaii Sports Network, hawaii.com, <laughs> though, to the Hawaii site. So you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot for uh, 24-7 sports here. Yeah, yeah, you you got them all. <laughs> I'm picking up Cal this year, trying to get myself into the Pac-12 as well. So I've been over at, at Berkeley, getting a better feel for what that kind of football is like. But yeah, I've been a long time with Fresno State and San Jose State, and as much as I can do for Hawaii here in, in California. But uh, yeah, trying to manage it all, and that's uh, been an interesting month of fall camp for all four. Yeah, and Jackson does a great job. He's based out of Fresno. Uh, he's on Fresno television, radio, all the time. Um, like I said, I used to go up there. I published the site for a couple of years and, uh, Jackson took it over. Uh, but it's great. I had a lot of fun covering the Bulldogs. That was during the, uh, Tim DeRuiter years, but things kind of turned, <laughs> turned a little <laughs> South, I guess, uh, one and 11 back in 2016. If you guys remember USC won the Rose bowl that year, starting off one and three. Well, Fresno state never turned it around until the next year when they hire native son, Jeff Tedford. And I think we talked Jackson, when that happened, I mean, could you imagine the the kind of turnaround that quickly from one and eleven to to ten wins and then twelve wins? The only FBS program in history to go from double digit losses to two you know back to back double win seasons. That's never happened before until <laughs> Jeff Tedford did it at Fresno State. Yeah, it's been pretty unbelievable. I mean, uh, the the Bulldogs were picked to finish last in the Mountain West West Division in 2017, and you're talking about a division that has San Jose State and UNLV and some teams that you know that haven't even been bowling in quite some time. Uh, so for them to just not only not be terrible like everyone expected, but to rise all the way to the top of that division, nearly win the Mountain West Championship in 2017, and then come back the next year and do it, uh, the best season in Fresno State history in terms of wins and losses, it's been unbelievable, and especially. Everyone thought the, the table was totally empty when he came in, but he was able to make the most of the talent that he inherited, recruited the key pieces to fill in the voids elsewhere, and uh, his staff has really taken care of the rest of it. And it's been just amazing to watch happen. 
Yeah. And then, you know, we talked about this before and, uh, you know, we both really like Tim Druder a lot. He's doing an amazing job at Cal. So you get to, you know, you get to cover him again, uh, back <laughs> and I, you know, I still keep in touch with him over DMS and stuff. It's fun to, uh, kind of interact with him, but he was always great when I'd go up there to Fresno to cover practices and stuff. But the one thing that always struck me was covering USC for so many years. Recruiting is like this lifeblood. It's just, you have to do it. And it's like constant, and I never got the sense of urgency from that staff, uh, especially with the local kids. I would go out and cover some of the local high schools in the, you know, in the Central Valley. And so many guys would be like, oh, I haven't heard from Fresno State yet. I'm like, wait, it's just down the street. I mean, have you seen that kind of change? Did you see the same thing that I saw? And then have you seen that kind of change? Oh, absolutely. And that was been that was the biggest gripe with Fresno State fans. Like, if we're gonna be one in eleven, you know, from their perspective at least make it be local guys. You're recruiting all these kids in from Texas and places that there's not really a connection and they're not very performing very well. And so that was, uh, you know, an extra added fire to the flames for Fresno state fans as they watched the team uh, fall to three wins and then one wins before they, they wrapped up with coach DeRuiter. But, you know, a perfect example is Fresno state's starting running back, Ronnie rivers, not necessarily a local guy but he's the son of running back ron rivers who was the bulldogs lead back in that freedom bowl back in 1992 and coach druder and his staff wouldn't offer him and when coach tedford got in that was one of his first calls he made was to ronnie rivers offered him a scholarship and uh the kid was uh, one of the main backs as a true freshman and was the breakout lead running back last season already as a sophomore and you look down the roster and there's just a million of those stories and it's really brought back the feeling the pride that the, the valley that Fresno State likes to back behind the, the green V on the helmet and all that. And there's just a ton of local guys on this roster right now that are big time players that may not have been here had the Bulldogs not made that switch. What you, you mentioned like the cupboard not being bare or being bare when when he took over, picked you know, picked last in the division behind some pretty bad teams. Uh <laughs> well you want to love it. You know, you go one eleven, like that's the media is not gonna like give you the benefit of the doubt. Um obviously a huge turnaround how bare was the cupboard that year because a lot of people are talking about this year the the amount of production lost off this team is massive you know uh and and i'm telling people like well jeff tedford took over a one-win team and won 10 so you know <laughs> losing some players I mean, they lose a lot of players i don't want to like you know undersell it but I, i'm not putting as much stock into that as like oh it's going to be you know this doom and gloom because you know, Jeff Tedford already did it with what you would assume was not the greatest roster in the world in 2017. Yeah, and I think the surprising thing of the turnaround and what people didn't realize was how good this defense was eventually going to be. And uh, they figured things out pretty quickly. And it's amazing because Fresno State has never been known for their defense uh, throughout the Pat Hills 15 years. And uh, I mean, it was always offense first. When Coach DeRuiter got here, he's a defensive guru, but the only good things you remember about that era are Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and those guys putting up a ton of points when they could, uh, basically every game except when they played USC in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, so for Fresno State to hire Jeff Tedford, you figure, here we go, the Bulldogs are going to be great on offense, but we'll see what happens on defense. And the defense has just been phenomenal. I believe they lead the nation in holding opponents to under 30 points in consecutive games. Uh, basically after they played Alabama and Washington to open up the 2017 season, uh, they haven't given up more than 30 in a game. And uh, they did that a lot of that with Coach Reuter's players, to be honest. And 
you're starting to see some of those guys leave now with um, this last year. They lost three linebackers that were in Deruder's uh, recruiting classes. They lost two defensive backs, but uh, they feel like they've reloaded pretty well at those positions. And ironically, now the question is on offense where a uh, new quarterback, a lot of new O-linemen, new receivers, and that's probably going to be the main concern to see if they can keep up and give the defense enough help. Yeah, it's uh, going to be, you know, nine Nine was it eight or nine starters lost on the offensive side of the football? Uh, brand new quarterback. Maybe we'll start there. Um, what you know? What do we know? Uh, I guess he's thrown twelve passes in his career, so it's not <laughs> been a, like a ton. But what what can you tell USC fans about uh, the new signal caller for Fresno? Yeah, Jorge Reina. Uh, I mean, Fresno State's pretty confident with this guy. Uh, he was Coach Tedford's very first recruit coming in back in twenty sixteen. The while that season was still going on, they hired Tedford, and he made the move to bring in a junior college quarterback. And it looked like uh, Reyna might, in 2017, take the starting job. Uh, they brought in graduate transfer Marcus McMarion from Oregon State, who ended up being the starter for the last two years. But coincidentally, during that quarterback battle, uh, Reyna suffered an injury to his throwing hand, which basically took him out of the running uh, for that quarterback battle. And then by the time McMarion led the team to 10 wins, there was not going to be a switch made at, by any means. So uh, while we haven't seen a lot of Reyna during games, there is a lot of confidence in him that he could have been the starter previously, uh, that he could have filled in if something happened to McMarion. There's uh, He's considered to be a gunslinger, a little bit more aggressive than the Bulldogs have had from that position in the previous years. But at the same time, the Bulldogs have been built on ball control and uh, security. And if he's a bit of a gunslinger and, he's not getting the protection he needs and that's probably the biggest concern is he going to force things is he going to let turnovers occur in a game like at usc and that's probably the biggest question mark fresno state goes in with him oh gotcha um so I, the numbers not, might not be right but i I, would, I read 47 senior receivers are gone off this team is that <laughs> am i close or is that yeah it was eight but oh I mean, eight. okay that's, but a bunch that's the yeah I mean, it was ridiculous. And, you know, a lot of those guys were walk-ons and things. But uh, still, the lead guy, Keyshawn Johnson, who, uh, you know, this is a Fresno State team that passes. They distribute the ball with the tight ends and running backs a lot. So the receivers don't make up a huge majority of the receptions. And then Johnson had the large majority of those uh, last season and the season before that, too. He leaves as the all-time leading receiver. Uh, Jameer Jordan was second up in that last year. He's also been graduated. So the Bulldogs basically have one guy back that's caught more than five passes in a game, and everyone else is either a newcomer or a, about a redshirt sophomore who hasn't seen much of the field. Wow. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I want to talk about the running backs in a second, but the the offense itself, uh, losing that kind of leadership and that kind of seniority on the at the wide receiver spot, is it gonna? Is the offense gonna be able to? Is it something you can kind of bring in young receivers and and excel? And and I know this. I don't know if the system is gonna be a little different because there was a change at offensive coordinator as well. Yeah. So with the offensive coordinator Ryan Greb, he actually came in with Kalen DeBoer, who was the previous offensive coordinator. They've basically been kind of the head, uh, the a duo at the last few spots they had been at before coming to Fresno State. So that move was kind of made for a consistency purpose as much as Coach Grubb's production. So uh, as far as just the basic scheme, the Bulldogs should be running something very similar, but they are going to have to adapt to personnel. Now, last year they had wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson was the focal point of the offense. They don't have him this year. This year it's probably going to be tight end Jared Rice. So to have your number one receiving target as a tight end, that can certainly change things. 
the Bulldogs will be using a good variety of tight ends to help neutralize what they're losing from the receivers' positions. And then, yeah, they're basically going to have to rely on – they brought in one junior college recruit. They have a senior returner they're pretty confident in. And then a bunch of young kids that are very athletically talented but are going to have to grow up real fast. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Is it more – is it air raidy or, like, what's the scheme kind of like? So, you know, last – the previous years, Fresno State has had such a strong defense. The offense has been, I would say, very conservative. Um, they will take a shot every now and then, but – a lot of the times they're basically just focused on moving the ball 10 yards at a time, controlling the clock, and basically managing field position. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do all that in this game. They kind of adapt to the opponent. Uh, if USC it puts the pressure on the Bulldogs, obviously they're not going to try to do all that if they're playing from behind or anything. But um, the idea is perhaps with Jorge Reina uh, as the quarterback, who's a little bit more of a gunslinger, maybe they will open it up a little bit more. But this is a team that likes to be balanced and just be as safe as possible for the most part. What about the uh, the running back situation? I know there was an injury in camp and then the, and the offensive line. Like, what's it look up front there and with the running backs? Yeah, so with running back, the Bulldogs have had three go down. And, you know, they've run a committee of four running backs, which I think is a bit more than most teams run. Uh, last year, they went with the four guys and they only had one that had graduated. So they were expecting to have a pretty deep group there. Um, so one of the three returners, Jordan Mims, uh, never got going in fall camp. He had to have surgery on a foot injury that never healed all the way. Um, they had planned to move one of their running backs to linebacker. They've had to move him back, Josh Hokett, to because of the depth issues. And they've had two other guys that were expected to fill some of those voids, uh, Romello Harris and Peyton Dixon. Both of those guys have gone out. Uh, Harris was a Washington State transfer. Uh, Dixon was a three-star true freshman. They were planning to play quite a bit. So, um, I mean, they've taken a lot of hits, but they're planning on going with Josh Hokett, who I just mentioned, and then Ronnie Rivers, who emerged as the lead guy last year. Um, that's probably going to be the one-two punch. Now, they do need some blocking help. Uh, the Bulldogs return just one starter from their Mountain West Championship game and Las Vegas Bowl win last year. Uh, Cyrus Tutelli at right tackle. He'll be a junior this season. Uh, but they do get Natanya Muti, who's really the star of the offensive line. He only made it two games last year uh, until he suffered a season-ending injury. So th that accounts for two of the five linemen. Uh, the Bulldogs do know they're going to start five foot eleven walk-on from St. John Bosco, uh, Matt Smith, who is a junior. And uh, the other two spots are honestly they're still up for grabs in practice right now. I just got off an interview with the offensive coordinator, and they haven't decided yet. So. Um, they do have a few linemen that have started spot games for last season, but um, it's going to be a, a kind of a drop-off, I think, from their, their two leaders in that group. The uh, defensive side of the ball, a couple names USC fans are probably here called in the Coliseum. Uh, Juju Hughes at safety, uh, maybe uh, Mikael Walker uh, at linebacker. Maybe talk about some of the, the studs on defense and what USC fans can expect to see. Yeah, uh, Michael Walker is probably going to be the key to this defense. You know, last he came in as a transfer from Azusa Pacific, actually, uh, kind of got missed on the recruiting trail. And he was supposed to be a middle linebacker, but the Bulldogs had three veteran linebackers last year. There wasn't a way to really get him involved there. So they stuck him at defensive end, and he ended up winning the Mountain West defensive MVP for the, the championship game. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So, and he was only, uh, I believe he played at 6'3", 220 last year, and he was dominating at defensive end. So that's the kind of athlete you're looking at. Uh, he's going to be back to his natural position of middle linebacker, and the Bulldogs are anticipating that 
he'll be everything, if not more, that the Bulldogs had last year with Jeff Allison, who was the conference player of the year for the season. Um, so there's a lot riding on him and his ability to take over that position. Uh, Juju Hughes at safety and Jaron Bryan at cornerback. Uh, I mean, the Bulldogs just have not had secondary play that has been as consistent as what they've brought. Now, they are going to have to account for two new teammates next to them, so we'll see if they continue to have that same kind of success that they've had the past couple of years. But uh, two of those guys that have been the starter now going on three years and uh, just bring a lot of continuity and experience to the position. All right, well, we'll see what the uh, defense has in store because USC's got a new offense to unveil. So what is all <laughs> that going to look like? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, on the special teams, I think a uh, pretty good punter. What's what's the uh, you know kind of skinny on the special teams? Yeah, it's funny. But everyone around here, they're surprised Blake Cusick's still around because back in that long 2016 season where they went 1-11, he was often named the team's MVP <laughs> on the, the radio calls for his performances because there wasn't a whole lot else that was going right that season. And he was just a freshman that year. So, uh, I mean, the way that the, the overhaul in the program, it seems like it was such a long time ago and he's still here and he was a finalist for some puncher awards last year. So the Bulldogs feel really good about him and a kicker position. They had some struggles last season with Asa Fuller, who was their starter as a redshirt freshman. And uh, he actually punched in three key field goals, uh, two of them in the snow at Boise that helped them win that Mountain West championship. I remember that. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, those were big time kicks. And he wasn't really known for being a, a clutch guy up until that point. But um, it sounds like those kicks were maybe an anomaly. They've actually switched kickers this season. They brought in a junior college kicker, uh, Cesar Silva. And he's going to get his first uh, real college start in the Coliseum. And they're going to use Fuller and his big leg on kickoffs. But uh, they are going to mix that up a little bit. And the return game, we haven't heard a whole lot of how they're going to approach that. You know, the Bulldogs are pretty conservative with their punt returns. And um, we'll see if maybe they have a, a different look. They had Keyshawn Johnson, who I've mentioned, taking care of punt returns last year. And he's out. So um, that one's a little bit of a mystery. All right. Well, we uh, looking at this team... Uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of new faces that you're going to see if you watch this Fresno team last year go on, you know, 12 wins, like you talk about the most in program history. Um, what's the sense you got from watching spring football and then fall camp, seeing how this team came together? Like, do you, do you feel like it's going to be significant step back? Do you feel like they can kind of keep it going? Uh, what, what's your overall assessment? You know, I've been surprised by the defense. I think that was something that became clear immediately right in spring. Uh, the Bulldogs, they lost all three of their starting linebackers. And this new three, I mean, athletically, they're an upgrade. Now, what if they are successful as a, you know, with everything else that comes with it remains to be seen. But as I mentioned, moving Walker, uh, they have a junior that's in there, Justin Rice, who has basically uh, just been waiting his turn. They ended up redshirting him last year because those starting three guys just never came off the field. Uh, so he's been waiting his turn. He's very ready to take on that outside linebacker position. They've got a 6'4", 230 uh, athlete who came in as a receiver, then safety, and now they moved to linebacker, Aaron Mosby, a big-time hitter who can re give you some pass coverage as well. Um, so I thought there was going to be a big drop-off on defense, but they, I think they're going to be able to keep up largely what they've been able to do. Uh, the biggest question marks are at one cornerback where they have to replace – and then the defensive end positions, uh, 
unexpectedly with Walker moving positions and their other returning starter, Kwame Jones. He's had a back issue. He's not going to be able to play. So they've got to break in some defensive ends that have some experience. They have options, but you don't know if you have that top end talent. Um, on the defensive line, uh, at the tackle positions, the Bulldogs are very deep there. Um, I mean, you don't see Mountain West teams with the size and depth that Fresno State has there. They've got four options to go to, uh, all upperclassmen, all experienced, all have pretty good size. So defensively, I, I'm not expecting them to miss much of a beat, but offensively is the question mark. And, uh, you know, obviously going up against their defense, the, the defense has been ahead for most of the scrimmages and practices and action we've gotten to see. You know, I think there's some promising signs. Um, it's not as bad as it looked in the spring. The receivers were a big issue in the spring, and some of the newcomers have alleviated that. Um, it's still kind of wait and see with the offense. But I think the defense is there. I think once the Bulldogs get past these first two games against USC and Minnesota, I'm not entirely sure what to expect. But after that, they get into conference play and they play some other uh, group of five and FCS opponents. I think they're going to be able to have another really good year. Uh, it's just a matter of surviving those first two weeks. If they can you know, win it and build it some momentum, then that would be a, a huge way for the Bulldogs to start the year. But even if they don't, they could still be Mountain West champion type of a team and have maybe another 10-win season. Yeah, I mean, coaching is so important to me in the college game. And, you know, you you can't – you get slapped in the face like that, like, holy crap, this, you know, from double-digit losses to double-digit wins just doesn't happen all the time. And, uh, you know, for a guy like Jeff Tedford, they – and. For people who don't know, if you've never been to a game at Bulldog Stadium, um, it's when it's they're good, the fans love it. It's the you know it's the only game in town. People love going to the Fresno State games. I brought my wife there one year, and she said this is as close to like an SEC environment that <laughs> she's seen. You know, outside of you know out here in California, she's a Tennessee fan, and I think we went to like a blackout game or something for one of the cha- I forget what it was it might have been against Re- uh, Nevada, but um, she loved it. She had a great time out there, and. Uh, I'm happy to see Fresno State doing better again because the fans just really wanted this team to be good. Um, and last year they were. So I'm curious to see how many of them are going to make the trip down the freeway to L.A. Do you, I know you're coming down, Jackson. Or do you think a lot of the Fresno, fa- Fresno State fans will be making it down? No, I think so. Uh, you know, the Bulldogs were at UCLA last season, and they brought a pretty good group with them. It wasn't quite what they brought in 2008, where, the, I mean, the whole half the Rose Bowl, the end zone was red, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was something else. But uh, at the same time, there weren't as many UCLA fans either. So it was kind of the same kind of split. Um, also, keep in mind, that game was pretty shortly after the Bulldogs had a disappointing loss at Minnesota that maybe kept some red waivers from making the drive. So to start off the season, I think they're going to come and force uh, definitely several thousand. That's a, a given. And uh, I know there's buses heading down. There's people that have been buying out blocks of tickets. And uh, the fans are feeling good coming off of last year's season. So I'd expect a pretty good size of the red wave to make their way down. Yeah, you know, I was hearing in the offseason, some people were telling me, man, you might see 15,000, 20,000 Fresno State fans. I'm like, it seems like a lot. But <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at 10,000 fans. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more than that. But it, it seems like that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I could see 10. Um, you know, when things were really rocking, uh, I mean, even the 2005 game, I think they brought uh, at least 10,000, probably more. Uh, the, the, even the home games haven't quite been the same as that era, but I mean, definitely I could see them bringing 10,000 to the Coliseum. Yeah, it's the, it'll be the newly renovated uh, Coliseum grand opening for college football for USC. We got to see it a couple weeks ago for a scrimmage. 
but I'm curious to see how it all works on a on a game day. And it's you know only seventy seven thousand seats now, so uh, this could be a big you know. It actually could help USC having a lot of Fresno State fans there because <laughs> you know USC was five and seven. A lot of people aren't happy. Some people weren't happy with the renovations. They weren't happy that their seats moved. Um, so just kind of putting a few more butts in the seats, even if they're wearing a different color red, um, it's probably not bad uh, for USC. But I, I, I'm really excited to uh, see you coming down and the new press box and everything. Uh, and I'm excited for this game. It's been a long nine months, Jackson. We're <laughs> ready for football. I know I am. I'm sure you are. Oh, absolutely. And it's made it a little easier with Fresno State coming off a 12-win season and they won their bowl game. And, you know, the... There's more reason, I think, to, to be excited coming off that kind of year. We've seen, I mean, up until Tedford got here, the Bulldogs had been over in bowl games for about a good decade. So oh, yeah. uh, these these off seasons have been a little more happier and probably moving faster for the red wave than in the past. But, yeah, it's starting to get anxious to see this game finally happen. Yeah, definitely anxious um, and uh, really looking forward to it. And thank you for taking some time. I know you just did Tony D's. Radio, I, I kind of I was doing that for a while. Even after I stopped covering Fresno, he would have me on all the time. But uh, I haven't done that for a while. But hopefully, Tony D's still going strong up there. Oh, he definitely is, and uh, talk to him uh, at least once a week. And uh, we're doing the post game show after for ESPN nine forty as well after each game. So I'll be at the Coliseum. So who knows what time taking calls? <laughs> oh wow, that's great! You get show. to do that. That that was like the coolest part of like. You're in LA and there's like a zillion other things going on, but like you go up there, like I was brand new, you know, learning the the beat and everything. And I, you know, I think I had met you and some other people and like instantly, like one of the TV guys was like, Hey, you want to come on our t- television show and talk about Fresno State? <laughs> like they're, they're really happy to have, you know, get everyone involved. So I'm glad that you're on like the post game show and stuff too. It's, it's a little harder to do that here, but I, I always had a great time doing it there. And like, you know, Tim Bruder was totally chill, and I feel like I still have a good relationship with him, um, you know, just from the couple of years I was up there. So it was, it was a different feel, but I, I I really enjoyed covering that team. And if I would have lived up there, it would have been a lot easier. Yeah. And last year, I, I had the opportunity to go to each of the games, uh, both home and away, and do the post game from location on all those. So we had a really good time last year. Um, you know, there was a lot of, of not a lot of bad calls that we had to field for the post game. Yeah. So uh, a lot of happy Bulldog fans and it made the job a little bit easier. Nice. So you and Tony D do it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, enjoy that. Tell, tell Tony, I said hi. And thanks again for uh, coming on. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Oh, no problem. Okay. Make sure you check out Jackson's work on Twitter, Twitter at Jackson Moore, two, four, seven, all of his websites and uh, go to the bark board. If you want to get to know anything about Fresno State football, he's got you covered. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tuning in for this quick, short edition, preview edition of the Fresno State Bulldog USC football game. We will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 